There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here is the distinction between psychology and spirituality. Psychology is all about deeply personalizing the content of your mind. I have this kind of fear because of my childhood trauma. I now need to resolve my relationship with my parents. It all becomes extremely personal. And here, spirituality tells us none of this is personal. Stop personalizing it because this is exactly the root of your suffering. Psychology can help you to alleviate pain, but it cannot liberate you. For this, you have to radically approach your thinking as absolutely no personal content and no personal value. This is where you begin to radically free yourself. So what we need to do is actually to lift the veils. We need to, to remove the veils and to begin to look into ourselves, into who we already are, because, well, who we, we already are, well, it surpasses all identities. If I needed to pinpoint humanity's problem, I would say that it's the problem of... Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amra Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. And today, strap yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen, we are in for a treat. We have with us Shai Tubali. How are you, Shai? I'm doing very well and so happy to be here with you. Uh, it is my absolute pleasure to be here with you. For those that are tuning in to Shai for the first time, give me two seconds. I'm just about to do the honors. It's very hard to encompass what 
Shai does into a few sentences. He's the author of 10 books. They've been translated into five languages. Um, He's dedicated himself to self-development and ultimately the self-empowerment of others. He's a master at combining psychology, philosophy, yogic traditions, and Eastern thought and practices into powerful processes, ultimately for inner transformation. And I can't wait to dive into these conversations around these topics here today, Shai. Such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I want to start a little bit uh, on your journey because Mm. I think, um, look, it's a, it's a bit of a sticky topic and I'm conscious about how much time we have, but I'm going to go straight into it. We, they say we teach others what we want most for ourselves. Um, and it might've been, must've been quite a realization for yourself that as you got clearer on your life, you're here to help others get clearer on their life because clarity right. for life is a whole thing. And I, I speak from a place of, it was quite a slippery, like it was quite a slippery realization from my mind when, for me, it was I realized my purpose was to help others find their purpose, mm. and it was like, oh, but why is it dependent on somebody? Else? That feels so ah, like my my mind really struggled with that, and I know we're going to talk a lot about the mind today, um, mm. but yeah, for yourself, when you started to realize that, oh, as I'm getting clearer, it's to afford others clarity. How was that realization for you and how has that been? Has that been something that's always been present or when did that precipitate? How did it precipitate? How did it feel? Well, I would say that, that uh, the journey uh, of, of uh, dedicating my life to, to helping others began uh, with my own um, revelation of cosmic consciousness. This took place when I was uh, only 23 I think uh, I was uh, I was uh, not so not ready for this kind of revelation. Nevertheless, it happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and it was under the guidance of a certain uh, teacher. And uh, at a certain point, I just realized that uh, that myself, as I uh, had believed, existed actually was non-existent, and uh, and and there was. Well, no separation between uh, my own consciousness and the consciousness of the universe. So this inaugurated a, a, a process of of endless bliss, unconditional love, tears, laughter, and actually one year of silence in which I had to uh, to withdraw from the world because I just couldn't um, fathom what mm. was taking place. You see, so but 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 at the end of this process. Not that it has ever ended, really. Mm. At the end of this process, I, I stood on a junction. Uh, on the one hand, I could, uh, I could simply uh, renounce the world, find some uh, secluded place, and just write books, forget, forget all about others. Be on the other hand, yep. exactly, <laughs> which, was, which was very tempting. Okay. <laughs> yes. And, and then, because it, you just want to, to become absorbed in this silence, you see, forever. Mm. But on the other hand, there was the humanity and there was the suffering others. Mm. And then I, I simply knew that my heart couldn't say no to this task, although it, was, it would be burdensome, I knew. Mm. And, and ever since... I would say that that when you realize this this kind of realization, you you experience yourself as completely available. It's like there is life is no longer for you. 
you see it's mm-hmm. as if your own your own autobiography has has been disrupted discontinued and now all is left for you is basically to to open your heart to others suffering and to help them realize the same so this has been my life uh, task helping people to realize their higher states of consciousness in order mm-hmm. to be able to ultimately embrace their life embrace life's challenges and and illuminate every dimension of their existence so special to hear you say that and thank you so much for sharing that there's a lot in there um that even that just unpacking what you've just shared there is enough to okay. go into a whole hour long podcast and I'm tempted to do that, but obviously I've got, a, <laughs> I've, I've got my own intentions for the episode as well. So right, we'll try and yeah. dance between it all. And for those that are tuning in, guys, I have to say there are some epic, and I, when I say epic, I mean epic satsangs by Shy available on YouTube for free of cost. And they go for an hour or two, and they're totally worth tuning into. There is such a a healing in the clarity that Shy helps you achieve. Um yeah, so my question is going to be, you know, when you started to uh, rewinding a little bit into probably the first uh, point that you shared in there was the the dissolution of self into this mm. expanded oneness that you experienced. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's it's quite the gift and it doesn't happen for everybody, um, mm. which, you know, we can, there's a whole conversation around why or why not. We can discuss that. But yeah. the key thing for me is actually when I personally feel into that dissolution of oneness, uh, dissolution of self into oneness, there is a fear. And yet you Mm -hmm. mentioned bliss. And so I'd like to understand, well, ask the question around what do you think, why do you think it is that uh, we fear our own dissolution if there is bliss on the other side in oneness? Well, we need to, to differentiate between two things. You see two parts of ourselves. One is the, is the ego or thought, and mm-hmm. the other is is our true self, as the as the Hindus uh, used to, uh, as the Hindus call Atman. So oh. the, the the true self, the the universal self. Now thought is is afraid of its own own dissolution because all it knows well is its own continuity. You see, it doesn't know what what lies beyond it, and it cannot even grasp it or contain it. It's it's bigger than thought than thought so what happens is that when we feel that we are afraid we need to begin to to distinguish this fearful thought from who we are you see we are not afraid we are actually drawn uh, to to the to this uh, universal core as if to to a magnet you see Uh, uh, and as uh, but 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 then we become identified with thought and thought screams i don't want to die now this 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 happens exactly just before we close our eyes and and breathe our last you see because we we don't know what exists beyond us because well we've never investigated into that mm. so so the thing is, and this is what thought doesn't want you to know, <laughs> and that and that what awaits you is not the dread of death, but actually the beginning of life. You see, mm-hmm. life is 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 exists or reveals itself only at the end of thought. 
But for this, you have to, to dare and to take the step. Otherwise, you, well, you will never realize that for yourself. You will always believe thought when it tells you that it's death that awaits you beyond the end of thought. You see? Do you think the courage is a necessary ingredient and the fear is there as a hurdle on purpose or it's just a function of the mind and we're just waiting to step into that? Is it, is it courage? Yeah, well, is the courage, well, the courage is a necessary ingredient is what I've heard you share, but is the fear mm. a necessary part of the human experience too? Like, is, I, I do still wonder about the function of why we feel that fear if our innate sense is bliss and oneness, and yet we have so much fear to, to go across it. Um, yeah, it makes me wonder why that fear is there in the first place. And you're saying it's the mind and the challenges that it experiences in terms of its own dissolution because all it knows is thought. Yeah? Yes. The, the thing is, and perhaps we will be exploring this, this point of, of what I call the thinking machine. Mm. And, and, and the, the, the thing about, about fear is that this is not my fear. This is not your fear. You see, there is a certain, a certain innate fear that is a part of, of what, as, as, you, as you put so nicely, the human condition. And, mm. and the human condition is that, is that we, well, it's, it's identification, complete identification with this body, with, the, with this name and with this form. We are so confident that this is who we are, that, well, when this, this is threatened, when its limits are threatened, then we, we, we receive signals of danger. You see, mm -hmm. this is at the instinctual level. It's we, we receive the signal of danger that here is, a, there is death ahead, that mm -hmm. this is going to be so terrible that this is going to be our ending. Run. But, but the, only <laughs> thing that, the only thing that ends is thinking and fear. You see? Mm -hmm. This is the, 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 the only thing that ends. Uh, the, the only thing that really can end is your identity. And that's it. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole conversation to be had around identity and the mind. And I think the question I want to ask them mm -hmm. is with our just the irony, I guess, I don't even want to ask a question. I just want to remark on the irony of so many of us have, so many of us, even I struggle with negative self-talk at times and I can feel mm. myself berating myself. And yet mm. the irony that that is the self that I'm afraid of letting go of. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a, oh, that, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yes. yes. Because we are afraid of, of losing something that is the source of, of endless suffering, right? I wish I didn't have to say right, but right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. it's a it's a really interesting conundrum that we're in. the 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 human conditioning as well. You speak to it quite uh, quite eloquently in in a, in the body of your work, um, in saying that we're we're not the doers and the choosers of our life. And you were touching on human conditioning already. And the thing that I found really interesting is. You articulate it so clearly that when we're doing these things that are like a, a humanly a, a condition to us as humans, it becomes automatic for our subconscious. Now, that 
I was only really able to put that so succinctly because I've been mm. tuning into your work. Prior to that, mm. like I understand that we're in, you know, society programs us, our family programs us, mm. the collective mm. that we're in mm. programs mm. us. But being able to say that that collective programming actually automates our unconscious and how that runs our life, I'd love for you to expand upon that at this particular juncture in the conversation because that was very concisely put and I think it's really helpful to have those concise uh, models in our head when we're walking around in our day-to-day life because it helps us navigate the terrain with a lot more grace. Mm. Mm. Right, so, so let, let's begin to explore what, what I term the thinking machine in, in greater depth, right? Because right. I, 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 would... <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. <laughs> uh, um, so um, I would say that, that there is a certain, a certain again, without a, a, a sounding too dramatic, there is a certain, yeah. a certain monster-like entity that 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 governs humanity. You see, we are, we're always worried about about AI doing exactly this in the future, right? That that at a certain point um, we will become governed by a certain a, a certain a artificial intelligence. But but actually, there is a certain a certain a monster. Uh, one that is not externally produced, but but uh, that the humanity has created, has given rise to it. It's like, it's like a spider that, uh, that weaves it a web and then gets caught in it, you see? <laughs> so now the thing is that, that if we go back in time for, for a moment, uh, in, somewhere in prehistoric times, the uh, thinking, the capacity of thinking was, was pretty useful, you see? It... Um, it was a sort of survival mechanism um, that, that combined instinct and thinking. Now, what happens when you combine instinct and thinking? You receive this kind of long-term uh, uh, or thinking or, or thinking uh, uh, toward the future, planning, you see? I, I'm, I'm not sure I can hear you. Sorry, I was saying I can see the tiger by the uh, I can see the tiger by the river at midday every day. I can plan and think about not to go there at midday time for the subsequent days. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So, so then, then uh, thinking was uh, for the sake of of predicting and anticipating uh, dangers, including registering events, registering your uh, Im- impressions, avoiding predators, uh, producing tools. But then at a certain point, when, when uh, thinking well, uh, was less needed for, for immediate and actual dangers, it began to, to become self-destructive. You see, the, then, then it began to, to predict dangers that are not really there including dangers that are mental and emotional, mm. uh, scenarios that will never happen. And then it began to produce this kind of ceaseless anxiety and worry and continuous search for, for the perfect conditions, always mm. looking for, for the perfect conditions that there, there should be no disturbance whatsoever, avoiding how to avoid pain all together, looking for, for pleasure uh, persistently and frantically, and mm-hmm. controlling every 
single moment, you see, N not letting anything escape your control. So now what happens is that we live, as you so beautifully put, unconsciously with this kind of, of undercurrent, because you see the, the real danger is not our surface thinking, but the mm. thinking behind our thinking. This is the, the, there are deeper thoughts that constitute the thinking machine. So this thinking machine is never satisfied. It's that part in us that is never satisfied, continuously in search for something that is not here, always comparing this moment with, to another moment that doesn't really exist. I call it, uh, there is the, uh, the, the could be, should be, would be universe. You see? <laughs> and accordingly, there is also the could be, should be, would be me. So yeah. I can never also accept myself. There's always something to improve. In short, now we are, we, are, we are trapped in this kind of movement towards fixing something that we don't even know what we're trying to fix. Even when our is. conditions... <laughs> exactly, because even when your conditions are perfect, you begin to produce this kind of problem consciousness. Mm. You see, so, so the thinking machine actually uh, is, uh, is only trying to protect you, mm. but it has gone out of hand, you see. Mm. So now what we have is this kind of involuntary stream of thoughts and beneath it, eternal problem consciousness and dissatisfaction. So, so this is where we are and we need to begin to identify that it's not who we are and it's not even personal, you see? Mm. And that's the key, that it's not really personal. Mm. You articulated that so well, and it can feel exactly where we are. And I want to talk about the personalness and identity, mm. this, but because mm. the thinking machine, mm. I think there's a real crux in there. There is just this little one slide that I want to just tuck into the conversation here, which is, as you're sharing, I couldn't help but notice that the thinking machine was a tool for us as you were sharing the evolution of it. Um, and somehow the tool has then sort of, un it's been decoupled as a tool and it's sort of running so much of our lives. Hmm. And I even look and it was just so easy to remark upon just how much a lot of the world is troubled by smartphone usage, AI, where it's going, because we don't have this capacity to manage our tools effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and there was just that that parallel that I could sort of see even in the outer world, the way that we re respond to our tools that we can see that are, you know, causing our life some level of distress um, mm -hmm. mirrored by the inner tools that are also causing us distress. So I think from that point, the, the tools, um, and the mind, and you mentioned, yeah, the ability to not take it personally, because it's not personal, not even not take it personally, because that <laughs> involves some part of me still being in there to not do something about what's going on to me. Um, can you help unpick that, um, entirely and ha let's have the conversation around, person, personality, identity. Yes, of yeah. course, of course. I'd, I'd love that. I, I just want to, to remark uh, uh, that, uh, that when we speak about, uh, about uh, uh, let's say, social media and all, the, all the, these things we are worried about, that we are uh, uh, possessed by our own tools, our own self-created tools, 
It's very important to, to understand, for instance, if you consider Instagram or, or other uh, 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 image producing oriented <laughs> mm. uh, uh, platforms, this is only a, a, an extension of the thinking machine. So when mm. we want to silence these platforms, we should remember we, uh, the problem lies within. It's not mm. in, in, those, uh, uh, in those platforms, you see? Mm -hmm. The one that mm -hmm. created these platforms and the one that now uh, seeks to use th these platforms is, is our own dissatisfaction, our, our own constant comparison. So this mm. is something that, that we need to, uh, to, uh, to remember. Uh, and now you said, Yosef, I, I think we, we keep talking about, uh, about uh, uh, something that is identifiable for all of us, right? And within all of us, because, because there is nothing personal about it. You see, we talk about dissatisfaction, I have it. Problem consciousness, I have it. You see, uh, the, the constant need to, to improve my conditions and, the, and trying to control, I have it all, you see? And you too, and everyone else. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is because the thinking machine is, is, a sort of, is a sort of external phenomena, a collective phenomena that we have assimilated, you see? So in, now it is a mechanical... Sorry, sorry, can you say that again? Yes. Of course, of course. The thinking machine is an external phenomena, a collective phenomena that we have assimilated. Wow. Yes, yeah, so we have internalized it and we don't have to internalize it. Actually, one of the practices that I recommend is beginning to, to, to visualize and, and actually, and, and this, this happened to me after this kind of, of initial awakening uh, experience at the age of 23, that I began to experience thoughts uh, as something that hovers over my, my energy field rather than a, 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 an internal part of me, you see, a, mm -hmm. part, a part of me. So I began to, to listen to thoughts as, as just as I would uh, birds chirping on trees. Mini clouds <laughs> so, going by and the breeze. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Wow. They're, like a, they're like a natural phenomenon. So, so the thinking machine is a mechanical activity. It has mm. persistent patterns and therefore it is impersonal. That's why I call it the thinking machine and not my mind. You see, people mm. always say, my mind gives me trouble, but this is not your mind. You see, it is, it's a certain mechanical activity. So the first thing that you need to do is to learn to identify the patterns of the thinking machine, how it works. Why? Because you can never liberate yourself from something that you don't understand. You see, you have to understand it's working, it's working, how it is, how it is mechanical and what it makes you think and feel and how it also influences your, your body, your sensations. And second, they begin to understand that this is, that this is not yours. Now, mm. perhaps uh, uh, I don't want to talk too much. I just... Uh, <laughs> Please, you're to... here to talk. <laughs> I don't want to give satsang. I want to, to, to have a conversation. <laughs> Please continue. Uh, there's one important thing to understand because I think here is the, uh, the, the divide or the distinction between psychology mm. and mm -hmm. spirituality. Oh, you wow. see, let's go there. Yeah, because that. because psychology is all about uh, deeply personalizing personalizing the content of your mind. You see, 
I have this kind of fear because, because of my childhood trauma. I now need to resolve my relationship with my parents. So it all becomes extremely personal. And please don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't reject psychology. And actually, I, I, I've developed a, a psycho-spiritual therapies. So I do mm. believe in trauma healing and so on and so on. But we shouldn't, this shouldn't make us abandon this, this uh, ultimately liberating perspective of meditation and, uh, and, and true uh, 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 self-realization. And, this, and, and, and here spirituality tells us the very opposite. None of this is yours. None of this is personal. Stop uh, personalizing it because this is exactly the roots of, of your suffering. Mm. So perhaps psychology can help you to, I don't know, to alleviate your pain a little, but it cannot liberate you. Mm. So for this, you have to, you have to begin to, to radically approach your thinking as something that is, has absolutely no personal content and no personal value. This is where you begin to, to radically free yourself. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. <laughs> Psychology alleviates and spirituality liberates. Right. There was a, a thought that came to me the other day, and I was just, I have these crazy thoughts, and I know thoughts are just thoughts, and we're especially at this juncture <laughs> of the conversation. But I think it, 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 it wants to surface into this space, so I'll give it the airtime that, it, that it's seeking, which mm. is I was just contemplating whether, and I know this might trigger some people, so pardon me, it was literally just a thought, whether seeking spirituality for some, for some of us is a form of a trauma response. Seeking spirituality, please, could you elaborate? So, so if we're, for some of us, it's like we start going into seeking spirituality, we start looking for more, like to open, to expand our awareness. And I wonder if for some of us, it's we've gone through a traumatic event and we lose the capacity to hold, personalize the event that's happened to us, that mm. then we sort of start seeking this, okay, I don't have the capacity to hold this event in my body, in my system, in my mind. And then as a trauma response, we potentially crack open and we start seeking further spirituality, which is then like, as you've described, it's we're actually seeking true liberation through our traumas. It's an interesting 
mm. random thought I mm. had. I just mm. wonder, it just wanted to be surfaced here, so I'm just surfacing it and exploring it with you. No, it's, it's, it's an interesting thought. It's an inter- interesting direction. I, you see, I, I, I think that we also need to, to add to, to this a, a, certain, a certain layer of insight. And that mm. is the, the fact that, that very often our spirituality is driven by uh, the wish to escape. You see, because of, because of traumatic uh, 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 experiences, because of, because of our realization that life is dangerous, that life is painful, mm. then we are beginning to contemplate the possibility of the very opposite, you see? Something yeah. somewhere where we feel absolutely no pain, where we are completely free, when we are tainted, untainted, untainted by memory, by time, by experience. Now, this is good as a, as a, well as an ignition, uh, yeah. uh, uh, as as a sort of a moti- initial motivating drive, but it can you t- it cannot take you uh, too far because profound spirituality. Is actually one that 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 becomes uh, that makes you bigger than life to a degree that you can embrace this life and actually put your your both feet firmly on the ground and say I'm here I'm not going mm-hmm. to escape my home is everywhere in the universe because consciousness is everywhere you see mm-hmm. so so you actually real spirituality is facing the danger of life not avoiding it not developing a certain fantasy. And, and one of the indications is that real spirituality doesn't make you hypersensitive. You see, Abby, because I've, I've, I've worked with people with, well, with, with so many people. Mm. And, and I've noticed this kind of phenomena that people uh, grow so hypersensitive that they feel unable or too tender, too delicate to, mm. to be exposed to, to life, to its demands. To and, be part and they of the begin... world. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. they begin, begin to, develop, to, to, to build their, their inner caves or the outer caves, mm. and they want to be shielded. And I think that this is the very opposite of what spirituality is meant to, to give us, you see? Because, you see, if that is true, then what we don't need spirituality for the evolution of the race, because it doesn't help us to, to become bigger, stronger. It doesn't even show us how consciousness can, uh, can contribute to, to human life, to life on earth, right? Integrate because, into this experience yes. even deeper and in even richer ways. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I think that our role, if we're serious, mm. is to demonstrate that spirituality can contribute to the evolution of the of the species this is i think uh, one of my jobs <laughs> <laughs> well it's actually one of the fundamental tenets of your work that i i resonate so deeply with and am most um enamored isn't the right word it's uh, a kinship is almost the, the yeah is what i feel mm-hmm. is the the as I awaken, it's my sleeves get rolled up more and more to really get into the juices a little bit further of what life is life is about and is is available. I do I do feel like at some point in the conversation, I thank you so much for answering that because I think that was a really profound takeaway in terms of how our relationship with yeah just psychology and spirituality, um, yeah, and just the the trauma and healing and how that can be sort of 
we can run towards spirituality as an escape or we can actually run into our spirituality to meet life with an even bolder, empowered self. Yeah, I do yeah. feel like I um, I took you onto a tangent of my own when we were discussing uh, personality and spirituality in there. Um, understanding the difference between the two is fundamentally important. Hmm alleviation versus liberation why is it so important when it comes to navigating our life is the question hmm no, i'm not sure what the question is <laughs> understand uh, understanding the difference between what like psychology and yeah. spirituality hmm. why is it so important to be able to discern the two and then how does that actually come together in your work um when we look at you said psycho spirituality and tools and hopefully i'm sort of gearing us towards coming closer mm. to what are some of the practices and tools that we can implement um, for the audience that's tuning in? Mm. Yes. Yes. So what, basically, I think what, what you're asking is why, that, why do we need the, the, this perspective of, uh, of the bigger consciousness, right? Because, mm. uh, because what, we, what we have right now is that we are trying to, to resolve our problems, uh, including our psychological problems, and psychosomatic uh, uh, disorders, we're trying to, to resolve them using, well, I have to use, to, to quote Einstein, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I think sooner or later you have to quote Einstein, right? right? <laughs> so yeah. so uh, uh, he said, he said, he beautifully put it, uh, uh, you, uh, you cannot, we cannot uh, uh, solve our problems with mm. the same level of, of thinking in which we created them. Now, mm. now the, the thing is that, that we, we need some, something, some element that is bigger than our current mind. Mm. You see, right now, uh, uh, if, if I can uh, give, give this kind of, uh, uh, of, of brief model, we have our physical mind, which is mm. the brain. Mm -hmm. This is where we're caught right mm. now this is the uh, where the thinking machine well uh, uh, governs our, our brain mm -hmm. and uh, and re and, and patterns it in a certain way and yeah. then beyond yeah. it the, there is the mind and then even beyond it there is what what we can call consciousness and in between there there are many different layers of of consciousness that that are much bigger than the activity of thinking you see you asked mm -hmm. at the beginning about fear. Mm -hmm. So there are certain fields of consciousness in which, in which fear cannot exist. You see, you, when you leap to these layers, you cannot have this kind of problem consciousness, this feeling that, that, uh, uh, that there is something that needs to be fixed, that, that you are afraid of death. You cannot even fear death mm. because you are beyond thinking. So now I think that, that if we don't have these, this access, mm. we are actually, we're actually trapped in some kind of an eternal self-improvement uh, journey. Yeah. And, 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 and sometimes people tell me this, this uh, with despair, some, uh, this journey feels endless. Uh, how, for how long am I going to, to, to keep on working on my issues, on my patterns, uh, trying to open my heart a little, trying to forgive a little, uh, trying to, uh, uh, to uh, move away from my traumas uh, mm -hmm. day by day, you see, uh, mm -hmm. with every day a little more. So the thing is that here I, I differentiate between what I call 
well, I don't want to offend anyone, uh, mm. what I call the dirt truck mm. and the highway, you see? Right. <laughs> the dirt truck is, is this kind of, 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 uh, uh, of road that is very tedious, that is, mm. that is endless actually, and that, 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 is, that takes so long that, that you can hardly experience this kind of, of blissful, uh, tot total liberation from everything. And then there is the highway, and this is, this is a, a journey that, that uh, consists of, of uh, continuous leaps from our ordinary state and our ordinary identity to, to broader states of consciousness. And th that's why, by the way, I, I've, I've created a certain method mm -hmm. consisting of actually, well, more than 50 variations uh, called mm -hmm. the expansion method. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the, the most powerful uh, uh, elements or techniques of this method is the expansion for trauma. And, and you see what, 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 what I do in, in, this, in this process is that I guide people. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, they, they, they need to somehow relive, revisit their, their, their traumatic memory, which is always very difficult, painful, tearful. They, they don't want to return to, to that place. Resistance, and, yeah. And understandably so, because they do it from the same level in which the, uh, on which the trauma was created in the first place. You see, mm. so you cannot re uh, release yourself from a trauma uh, while you're still on this level of thinking, on this, on mm. this, in, in this dimension of, of, of perspective and experience. Now, then uh, I, I lead them to higher states of consciousness using the, this, this kind of, uh, of, of process of the expansion of consciousness, which is very systematic and, uh, and simple, actually. Mm -hmm. And then... Suddenly you ask them, now, now revisit your traumatic memory. And mm. the first thing they, they tell you, what traumatic memory? And, I, and I'm not joking. They say, what, I, I don't, what, what are you talking about? I, I don't feel anything. And then I need to pull them somehow back and, mm. to, and to remind them that, that, well, these higher states of consciousness are not there as a form of escape. They are mm. there for you to then be able to perceive the traumatic experience and, and, to, and to reorganize it, you see? To, mm. pour, uh, to pour your presence, your, your conscious, your enlightened conscious into it and to transform it radically, so radically to a degree that at the end of the session, the psychological content of the memory is eliminated, you see? Mm. And, and this, is, this is not because I, I'm not trying to boast the, the, uh, or to, uh, to, to, tell, to tell you about the, the, the grandeur of the technique, but, mm. uh, but actually I want to focus on the power of higher consciousness. Mm. And what's possible. Mm. Yes, yes. The expansion of um, our consciousness as a process you said is quite simple. It may be... Is it somewhat difficult to run us through what that may look like, or is it possible to give us an idea of the systematic approach that you may take in that experience for the for the listener tuning in? Oh, it's extremely simple, actually, and and very joyful. Um, sometimes it works. Uh, 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 it's it's the, this technique is at, at its best when you do it one on one, but but we can you can also do it with yourself. What mm -hmm. you do is is that you're 
let's let's pick a uh, take for example the traumatic memory. I have a certain mm. traumatic memory. Then then I begin to to recall this kind of memory. I, I uh, how I felt, how I uh, what my thoughts were, uh, uh, what I perceived at that moment, uh, how my body reacted, and then I. I begin to, to look for a certain identifiable pattern using my inner senses uh, to, that, that captures this kind of, of memory. So I, first of all, I look for the area in the body that, that uh, reacts the most to this memory. Perhaps it is in the heart, perhaps it is in the head, in the forehead, in the hands, in the belly, wherever it is. There's always a certain area in the body that responds the most. Mm. And this is actually related to our chakra system. Mm. So then you look, using your inner senses, you, you seek to identify some kind of, of image or, or, um, or shape that is related to this kind of memory. And whatever arises in you, it, it's, it's not so important. It doesn't have to be the ultimate image or shape. Then a color, a general sensation, and even a fragrance. And then you label it uh, using a, a word or two. You see, it can be unfathomable uh, sadness or, or, or frozen life, for instance. So let's say I have frozen life uh, 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 in the form of, of a, a hard rock within my solar plexus area and it is and it is completely stiff and it is a, a dark blue that's just an example you see now i begin to to breathe into into this into this uh, uh, pattern i breathe into it and i let it spread and permeate my entire body and being now, this is the very opposite direction, you see, because usually we want our memory to shrink, to disappear. We don't want to feel it. But, that, but that's the, the paradoxical power of, of expanded consciousness. You need to open it up in order to spiritualize it. So then you're beginning to breathe into it and, and, and to, to let it grow and expand until it reaches its maximal level until it cannot expand anymore, and you, you ask this, this uh, pattern, this image, to show itself completely to you. Now, what happens when you are really opening it up is that it moves from a contracted state to a more spiritualized and, and, and subtle state, and it, begin to, it begins to lead you through a, a subtler a levels of consciousness. Now, this one time of expansion is not enough, especially when it comes to, uh, to well, traumatic or difficult uh, 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 memories or difficult emotions, deep-seated emotions. Mm -hmm. So then you repeat this process, you see? Now you, mm -hmm. you examine again, okay, so now what has happened to, to, the, to the expanded uh, rock-like uh, tension in my solar plexus? Mm -hmm. Now it has become subtler, more delicate, but I expand it nevertheless, you see? Again, shape, image, general sensation, color, and I expand it over and over again, even three or four or five times, 
And at a certain point, I'm finding myself, this is the shocking moment and the, the, such a blissful relief. You're realizing that your terrible memory has been transformed into bliss, light, infinity, sometimes even God. People use these words. Sometimes they call it white light. Mm-hmm. And then, and then suddenly you are you, you have used this kind of contracted state for the paradoxical uh, uh, goal of of the expansion of your consciousness. You see, <laughs> so it's like riding riding the wave. You're not resisting anything. You're simply letting everything expand because everything in us wants to expand. You see, even the universe is expanding, they say, right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Shai, thank you so much for guiding us through that. That's really incredible, really incredible. I was following along as you were sharing and working with something that wants to contract, allowing it to expand Mm. is such, as as you mentioned, it's counterintuitive. It is counterintuitive. Um, but right. once you once you start to work with it, it's 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 exactly like fear. Actually, I realize even in setting up the inspired evolution, all the things that are available to me on this even this particular path, every time I fear, and it's like you sort of just go in with a little bit of like, oh, let's just see what happens if I work with it, and then it starts to expand, and you're like, oh, I was afraid of that. Like this is a gift, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like it's it's so incredible but, how how. But, but yeah. yes, but 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 do you see what happens when we? Feel Fear, fear. Mm. When you are afraid of your fear, it actually gets hold of you. It has power over you. But Paralyzing. when you, when mm. yes, well, when you say, sit one day and say, okay, come on, all my subconscious, I invite you to to surface. I'm not afraid of any of my inner contents. I'm, I mm. want to really get to know what what lies deep within my being. And as soon as you're unafraid of yourself suddenly you realize that there's not so much there, you see? Mm. There are no monsters and demons there. It's actually, it's, it's tiny, frightened thoughts and feelings that actually want to be redeemed by you. They wait mm. for you to, to redeem them. Oh, that's beautiful. It's almost like they're beckoning you, <laughs> oh, yeah. inviting you to come do the work. Yeah. All right. All right. That takes me to a point. Um, which I wanted to discuss today as well, which was, and I think we've been dancing around this quite a bit. Um, the fact that you mentioned it's um, our minds don't actually become silent, which is oftentimes our expectation through these spiritual practices and mindfulness and meditation and even this healing work. In fact, mm. we can become silent, but it's, well, it's, it's somewhat erroneous to even think about the mind going silent because it's not in its nature. Can you... What, what, an important, what an important point you're bringing, yes, because, uh, because this, is a, this is one of the greatest traps mm-hmm. on, on our spiritual journey is, is attempting to silence our mind, you see? Well, to, to begin with, this is not your mind, so you, you, you cannot silence it or you, and you don't have to silence it because it's, it's not your problem, <laughs> you see? Mm-hmm. You're... Your, this is not your job to silence the something that you do not possess. So now what happens is that first, first I personalize my mind, then mm-hmm. I try to silence it. As soon as I try to silence it, this creates a certain divide, a certain split within my being. There is the silencer, right? And the thoughts that we try to silence. 
And, and we begin to, we, we experience actually this kind of inner split. We are two, not one. Mm. You see? Now, consciousness never works this way because it's, it, it never creates this kind of division. Mm. Consciousness includes, it's not, it doesn't go against. Mm -hmm. So this is how you identify uh, uh, whether it's, it's your thinking that, that simply produces this kind of, of uh, uh, strange struggle, dividing itself, you see, and then fighting itself. Mm. So when you, when you want to, to take the peaceful path, the, the path of consciousness, the, mm -hmm. you understand that, it, that it's, you only need to see thoughts as they are, you see? That's what, uh, what uh, I call the law of attention. If you don't give meaning and, and importance to, to your thoughts, then uh, you actually no longer need to, to struggle with them. You see? Mm. Because, because, well, there is no independent uh, uh, power to thoughts. Thoughts don't yeah. possess an ind independent existence. Therefore, the, you only need to, to, to tag them. You need to even generalize them. Sometimes the Buddhists do it very beautifully. They don't uh, begin to analyze their anger or desire, their specific desire. Now desire, I don't know, for a woman or for a car or for a happy life or whatever. They simply label it desire. Mm -hmm. Now, what, what they do when they do this is that they make it unimportant or insignificant. Mm. You, you know that, that I've lately uh, read something very interesting that, uh, that one, of the, uh, a certain, one of the pieces of advice given to people who suffer from oversensitive hearing mm. is, is that they should simply label uh, uh, external noises, exter uh, the, the external sounds they deem disturbing um, unimportant you see it's unimportant mm. so now when, when when you when you say this is unimportant this has no meaningful content mm. you 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 finally let your mind be or let the mind be and you you let yourself be you stop mm. reacting and th therefore you stop wasting your energy mm. you see Mm -hmm. Now, when you stop reacting, and you, the, then you're naturally beginning to, to withdraw to, in, into this kind of natural, effortless uh, uh, silence that is who you already are. It's, this is not a silence that you produce. Mm -hmm. If you try to silence the mind, it's a self-produced silence that will anyway go away. But the silence that is who you are can never go away. You see, because mm -hmm. it's you. How can you go away, right? Mm. Yeah. That, that's that, that, that's the, the, the free, happy, blissful insight that, <laughs> I, that, that I had at the age of 23. And then I realized, well, nothing can take it away from me because it's mm. me, you see? Mm. The, then you no longer depend on experiences, uh -huh. on the rise and fall of your spiritual, mystical experiences. <laughs> you to have to respond positively or negatively towards to drive meaning for your experience. Yeah. Exactly. I, um, there's a split that you described in there, which is really powerful for us to recognize. Um, and then you also mentioned the law of attention. So I'm just going to use that mm -hmm. and look at it from mm -hmm. another lens as well, which is 
you've also mentioned, and this really sort of pause, caused me pause to reflect, and I'm still reflecting on this one, so I'm just going to reflect on it with you here, because I think a big part of the inspired evolution, when I think about it, ultimately I've found myself guilty of asking this question this way, which is like, when you think about the inspired evolution and you know, what do you see for yourself and what is brighter for your tomorrow? And it's interesting because I'm inviting the person to think about a brighter tomorrow. And in your work, you said, yeah, but every time you're contemplating the future in that kind of way, you're building an image in your mind and you're actually encouraging yourself to be consistently incomplete in the present moment. And this is another split not too dissimilar to the one we were discussing. Am I right? Can you expound upon that a little bit, please? Well, that, that's a really profound point because you're, what, what you're saying is that is that we're 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 talking about uh, about evolution in terms of future, right? Mm. Evolution in terms of uh, of the future that uh, that we hope to create. There's always a promise. The There's planet. always a promise in that hope somehow, like that we rest into. I feel, and I feel myself doing it. You know, um, and yeah, I just and but then also following that potentially that's another split from being. Yes, exactly, exactly. And this is the you, you see that I think our problem also is humanity. Mm. If if I needed to pinpoint humanity's problem, mm. and really I would say that it's the problem of waiting. You see, we always wait. We always wait. We wait, we wait, and we wait, and then we die. That's, the, that's basically the, the story of our life. So we always wait for, for, for this one day in which we are going to, to become fulfilled, to become happy, to finally have a meaningful life. And we're always building toward that moment, you see, that never comes. Now, it, it, it never comes because, because well, Meaning or or truthfulness or fulfillment, they can never be uh, realized in the future. I think uh, this is why I don't think when I think of inspired evolution, I don't think in terms of the future, because think of it for a moment, the future is some kind of a linear building toward, right? Step mm. by step. I'm, I'm thinking about expansion. That's a very different mo movement. You see, mm. it's it's... Expansion means that, that the core is here and it grows and grows and grows from this very moment. So now when you have this kind of, 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 of different perception and different experience of your evolution, it's not about this kind of time-bound building brick by brick uh, toward the promised future. It's, mm -hmm. it's actually imbuing your present and from and with meaning and with profound meaning, and from this moment, from this nowness, you are you are then beginning to to create the next step. You see, mm. you're, you're just you, it's like it's it's a natural, it's an organic development that that arises from the moment. Mm. So I, I never think about the future. You see, for me, mm. there is no future, and I think our tragedy as humanity is that we're always talking about this promised future that uh, and it's it's not going to to be there because we've actually neglected neglected our present do you, mm. do you understand absolutely what? and i can see the neuroses on it on a collective level as well because in order to build a better tomorrow we're almost raping and pillaging the earth in certain ways that aren't supportive for its for itself because there's a better tomorrow mm -hmm. coming towards us through the actions we're taking in the now and 
yet somehow we're able to reconcile that for the promise of a better tomorrow when really it doesn't feel good now and it doesn't seem right now and yet we're still ploughing on ahead because of the collective thinking machine that we've assimilated. Mm. Yes, 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 exactly, exactly. Yes, because you see one of of my 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 questions is is that I observe how how humanity right now is is really troubled uh, by one uh, the rise of artificial intelligence right because this this uh, uh, raises concerns and 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 two the ecological uh, crisis mm-hmm. right and, mm-hmm. and 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 but we always speak about these problems in terms of the future of humanity and then I, I keep asking myself but. But what for? What do, why do we want to preserve humanity so much? Is it only to, to continue to survive? You see? Mm-hmm. Our problem for me is the problem of, of meaning. We don't have any kind of, uh, of, of meaningful evolution that we're talking about. And I think that, that, that artificial intelligence actually now challenges our identity and our meaning as human beings. And we really need to embrace this and to ask ourselves, well, what is it that we want to preserve? <laughs> you see? <laughs> what? Uh, more technological development? We have mm. enough of it. I mean, we, we can never have enough of it. It's always uh, interesting, fascinating. Mm. But human beings, as we are, we have remained the same mm. for, for, for eons, for, for centuries. We are psychologically mm. the same. Where is our consciousness? You see? Mm. <laughs> Which is the bedrock of how we experience this entire thing we call reality. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. I'm conscious of how much time we have left, and I hate saying that question. <laughs> I shouldn't hate, but I hate saying that question. <laughs> One of the questions I had that I can't let you go without answering is um, in the realm of, and I think this question is somewhat redundant now, but I would still like to just get it answered because I've got a few Mm. people in my audience, especially in the inner circle of the inspired evolution, um, that I know would really benefit from the answer of this question, which is when you mentioned before that personality is working with your personality, working with psychology can help you alleviate working with spirituality can help you liberate. Now in there, we were discussing coming into that, the identity piece. Now, oftentimes the, I have, come to a juncture where, and those in the, in the unique circle inspired evolution, where we start to look at, okay, if I really want to take my life to the next level, and I know in this conversation that seems moot, <laughs> um, <laughs> but on, on, honoring the question anyway, is yes. if I want to take my life to the next level, the opportunity actually lies within me creating an identity shift. And yet what I'm taking away from this conversation is that is you just playing a game with yourself, spinning the wheel in the mud when really let yourself go. Is that the advice? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, we don't have to create an identity. You see, I I think the the problem of our age is that that people keep trying to, to invent themselves, you see, to, but by inventing yourself, you're trying to become something that you're not already are. Splits, more splits, more splits. Exactly, exactly. More self-image, more objectifying yourself, treating yourself as if you were some kind of an external phenomena that can be observed by Mm. yourself and by others. We are not products, you see. The thing is that this is what the sages of all mystical traditions have told us since the beginning of time. 
it's not about creating an identity, it's about re revealing an identity. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do is actually to, to, to lift the, 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 the veils. We need to, to remove the veils and to begin to look into ourselves, into who we already are, because, well, who we, we already are, well, it surpasses all, kind, all, all identities, you see? Mm -hmm. And the thing is that, and this is one of the, the statements that, that are perhaps most radical, is that understanding that when you reveal your broader identity, everything changes with it. You see, if we, if we keep trying to work on or improving certain patterns, certain behaviors, reinventing uh, who, we, who we are and how we, uh, whether we are, uh, our confidence, building our confidence, uh, improving our, uh, our skill of, of love and compassion, all that. This is, uh, this is, again, the dirt truck. But the highway is all about taking these leaps to broader and higher identity that we already possess, that, that we already are. And then from these leaps, realizing how everything in life is changing as a result, you see? Life follows, your reality follows who you think you are. That's the principle. And allow ourselves to not need to associate with a thinking machine in that process. Oh yes, yes, because the thinking machine belongs to, to, to a certain very limited identity. Mm that is also related to our uh, identity as, as, as body and mind in time and space, bound to, to die and, uh, and, and, and con continuously shaped by our circumstances, by our history, by our past. The, this uh, makes us prone to the thinking machine, to its power. Mm, and give us our power away, another split. Shai, I have to ask you, what is your prayer for, obviously, you're, you're doing this, you, you know, you, we, we discussed in the beginning the path that you availed itself to you is either that to be the renunciate or to roll your sleeves up and be of service. <laughs> and you, yeah. you've rolled your sleeves up and I can see there are, there's not much sleeve left <laughs> with how much you've rolled them up, to be honest. <laughs> and I'm really, really, really grateful for that. And I'm sure it's not just me. Uh, many people tuning into this episode have, you know, deeply connected to your work and get a lot from it. And just on behalf of all of us, I'd love to hear from you. What, are, what is your prayer for humanity and the planet and consciousness? And what do you see um, as a possibility for us, why you do the work you do the way that you do it? Mm. Hmm. What is my prayer for humanity? That's, that's a big question. Well, I, I think, I think uh, my prayer is that, is that humanity will discover that, that it's not uh, only... Uh, body and mind that it's not it, it's not a, a, some kind of a, of a mechanism a machine uh, that that is that is doomed or that that is that is limited to to mechanical reactions and mm. that and, and that we will be, be able to discover one day uh, not only the mystics among us uh, that, uh, to discover the power of our consciousness and its relevance to our human life you see because mm. my my prayer is that is that uh, uh, spiritual leaders will finally be able to to show us to demonstrate that consciousness is 
is the most urgent ingredient that we need to, to develop in order to, to transform our, our relationship with, with the planet, our relationship with ourselves, and to begin to create our present, not our future. Mm. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, Shai. And for those that are tuning in, I, on behalf of the entire audience, myself, Shai, I could totally take a moment to thank you here for this conversation today. But I think that does it absolutely no justice. Obviously, this is a lifetime's worth of work and potentially multiple lifetimes <laughs> worth of work that we get to revel in in this conversation. So I just really want to deeply thank you for who you are and the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for sharing yourself so abundantly here with us today. Uh, thank you so much. I, I can't thank you enough for, for your questions and for your passion and for your, mm -hmm. for, for your genuine love of truth, because that's, mm -hmm. that's rare. When there is love of truth, you have everything. Oh, touch wood. Thank you so much for that reflection, Shai. Last little bit, for those that want to tune into more, you run silent retreats. There's a whole bunch of work on YouTube. I know you do, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's workshops and seminars that you help people with. What is, um, for those that are looking to dive deeper into Shai, um, obviously you guys are watching a YouTube video, listening to an audio podcast now, so YouTube is really easy to connect to Shai's work. And like I said, there's some amazing satsangs. But from yourself personally, do you think, where would you like to invite people to or to check out, check out more about what's available to them in this expanding consciousness? <laughs> I, th I think really, I think you've mentioned it. The best way is, uh, is to simply enter the YouTube channel because mm -hmm. I think it's really abundant with, with videos, uh, including guided meditations uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and numerous videos explaining how to integrate the spiritual perspective into our into our life. So I think that's, that's the, that's the, uh, where I would start. Perfect guys. You heard it here first. We'll put links to Shai's channel in the show notes below for you guys to go check out. And yeah, the big takeaway for me today was also the difference between psychology and spirituality. One alleviates, one liberates, neither Ooh. are wrong, neither is better than the other. And also mm. that real spirituality doesn't actually leave you feeling more and more sensitive or more fragile. Actually you become more of a beast <laughs> you can roll your sleeves up and you are actually even more integrated and able to face life with your center nice and strong guys thank you so much for tuning in you listen to this episode all the way to the end we appreciate you so much with all of our hearts thank you inspired evolution tribe and audience it is our greatest honor to be your brothers walking thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the inspired evolution Without you, the Inspired Evolution Tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations, and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 